Hello everyone, welcome to Just Add Me Voice Notes, where I talk about various topics, interests, theories, shows, um, everything, (laughs) or anything that you all want me to talk about. And so today I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about, which is solos on Amazon Prime. And I actually love the series. I'm really interested in fantasy sci-fi, but sci-fi that's more cerebral. So not a lot of action, just people talking. And so this series was very perfect for me. And so today I'm going to go over the Leah and Tom episode because I think those are the most similar episodes. And so this will be one of three or two or three podcasts on this because I'm going to go over each episode and I'm going to try to make it quick, but also, you know, throw in my theories and stuff like that. And so everything that I talk about in terms of my interpretation, I have no idea what the directors, what the creators of the show thought. I didn't even look into it. I just started watching the show and I loved it. So definitely check it out. And of course, this will be a spoiler, but still check it out. I won't be going too in depth on specifics, I guess. Like I won't be going so in depth where if you listen to this, you won't be able to enjoy the show and the conversations that's happening on the show. So just give a brief overview of my interpretation of the entire series. I kind of look at it as how people in the future handle death, dealing with regrets and fears and coping with past trauma. And I think this is very interesting or very important because I feel like a lot of sci-fi kind of makes it seem like just because there's technology in the future that these basic human emotions that makes us important will vanish. Like we'll just adapt to being robots instead of still being ourselves and living with robots and living with technology. And so I think um, this series touches on sort of a theme that I think is important to understand within, you know, as we progress in technology, that we'll still be human at the end of the day. And that's not going to be replicated by any robot, any other type of material entity. And when I think about the series, I kind of think of it as discussing or hitting on things related to the transition to endings. So before death happens, what's going through various characters' minds. And so again, still hitting on that topic of, you know, that human emotion will still exist in the future. And so, like I said, I look at these um, episodes in pairs and Leah and Tom's episode, I feel like that's discussing or is hitting on themes on the transition between grief and regret as you as you or someone around you is transitioning to death. So let's go with Leah's episode first. That's the first episode. And so basically she wanted to travel into the future where she can bypass the stage of grief. And so she's kind of under this guise that, um, you know, she wants to go to the future to find a cure for her mother, but really she knows there's no cure. So she wants to bypass the stage of grief and get it over with. 
And so she wants to do this because she is the main caretaker of her mother who has ALS. And, you know, the burden that caretakers, particularly those in the family, kind of take on is sort of halting their life, their dreams, their individual goals in order to take care of a family member that needs a lot of support in their time. And so Leah really just wants to, like she's already knowing that her mother is going to die. So it's kind of just like, when is she going to die? And so it's basically just waiting. So she's taking care of her mother and just basically waiting for the ending. And she's living in grief, knowing that this is going to happen, knowing that she can die at any moment. And so Leah just wants to get it over with. She just wants to move on with her life. She wants to transition past this stage of grief. And so she's very focused on going to the future. And so she finally finds a way very, I guess you can say sort of by mistake, uh, finds a way to go to the future. So she's physically not in the future, but what happens is a screen with her future self appears in the basement where she's doing her experiment. And so she's talking to her future self in the basement and the future self says, you know, Leah in the future is very popular, rich, well off, very successful. She's respected by her peers. But the issue is that she is living with regret that she couldn't save her mother, that she, um, yeah, basically that she couldn't save her mother. That's the main reason for her regret and that there really wasn't a cure in the future. Or it's not that there wasn't a cure. There wasn't a, so there wasn't a cure that would have helped her mother. Like by time they found the cure, it was too late. Like her mother had transitioned too far. And so um, that was mainly the, um, you know, why she had regret. And so what happens is, so she tries to go to further in the future and she did something wrong with the computer and then her old self came back or her, not come back, but her, the old version of herself appeared on the other computer monitor. And so now we have three people or three versions of Leah in the basement. So we have the present Leah, we have the future Leah, and then we have the naive Leah, the younger Leah that, um, or I guess the past Leah that doesn't even know her mother is going to develop these issues and pass away. But eventually the past Leah finds out and, she, you know, she's naive. She's more, you know, naive. She doesn't know really what's going on. If she can do this thing that the Leah in the present wants her to do, which is go far in the future, find the, um, find the cure for ALS, and then go back to the past. And so she could save her mother. And so that's kind of like how it ends, you know, Leah, um, Leah in the present, uh, she just basically gives her past version, the instructions to cure her mother. And so what I thought was interesting is you know Leah was so focused on going to the future as she met her future self and it kind of brings up that question of well Leah is 
Like she already knows what's going to happen in the future. She already knows that timeline of her exists and that technically she has already lived what she wanted to live, which is, you know, being more popular, having more accolades for the getting recognized for the scientific work that she does. And so now she knows that that has already happened, that that is possible. It really doesn't matter if Leah goes to the future anymore. Like it doesn't matter if she were to bypass her mother's success or her mother's death because she knows that she already gets what she wants, but that she realizes she doesn't want to be in the future and live with regret when she could really just find the cure by going to the past. I thought that was, um, it was a very good episode. It was, it definitely wasn't my favorite. I'm going to get to my favorite probably in the next, um, episode of this podcast or the next series of this podcast, so part two. But I really thought it was a really good episode, and it kind of talks about that transition between um, regret and grief, or grief and regret. And Leah chose to, instead of removing the grief that she's experiencing, she decided to remove the future regret that she's going to experience later on by not finding a cure. And the thing I thought was interesting was that future Leah did not want the present day Leah to change the timeline. Like she didn't want her to um, make her past version go far into the future and find a cure because that means that the future Leah um, likely won't be rich, won't be well off, won't be popular, successful. But my question is like, do we really know that for sure? It could just be that the future Leah will show up differently. Like the future Leah will still be those things, but it will just be a different version of that. That maybe Leah will have a different opinion or viewpoint of what success means to her. And success will mean various things to different people. It doesn't always have to be these very material things like money, fame, acceptance, or validation from people that you barely know. It could be success for some people could just be having a stable, happy home life, being with their family, being comfortable. And in the end, I think that's what Leah, the present day Leah, came to realize is like, what's really more important especially knowing that if she were to skip to the future, she still wouldn't find a cure. You know, she realized that it's better to have her mother here than to not have done anything at all and just be lonely and sad without her mother. And so I thought that was the episode was pretty interesting. And so now we get into Tom's episode, which honestly, when I first watched it, I watched like the first 10 minutes and I was like, okay, I don't really like this. So I actually skipped it. And so I watched the whole series and then I decided to come back to that because there was some, there were some things that I thought were similar to the next two episodes, Peg and Sasha and more, um, spiritual things came up, but I'll get into that later when I get to the part two of this podcast series. And so... Basically, Tom is successful. He has, you know, the quote unquote perfect life. 
financially stable, financially successful, has a nice family. I'm sure they look good. We didn't see them in the episode, but I'm assuming that they, you know, everybody's like looking, you know, upper class. And Tom is dying from something. I don't actually think in the episode they mentioned what he was dying from. I don't think it's important. He just kept coughing, but I didn't catch at all where they actually mentioned you know, what he has, but he had something. And what he did was he saw this commercial or not commercial on the Today Show. They um, had this thing called Hoda Copy, which is basically a copycat version of another person. And so what it does is it, it's, it's used to, I guess you can say, replace the real person in the case of a death so that it'll help the family cope better while the their loved one is gone and it'll do other things um like manage like it'll basically you know replace him in every aspect of his life so even work life the robot will go to work or you know manage the portfolios all this other stuff and so tom is kind of delusional at first he doesn't realize that like he gets mad when the Hoda copy comes to interview him because for some reason he doesn't know how he looks to other people so he tries to call the company see like what the refund is he's getting mad at the Hoda copy um or the you know copycat version of himself and he's saying the copycat version of himself is a jerk and all this other stuff but Tom is a jerk and so what they do is they give a um a personality profile and they put it in the copy and so that's what he got that's reflected but the Hoda copy is I feel like it's kind of nicer than the actual Tom version but his purpose there is to talk to Tom to get to understand what um what makes Tom tick like how to better be a copycat version of Tom so that when he leaves everything's set up and prepared and um basically the episode is Tom and Hoda copy kind of having you know this conversation Tom is sort of going over you know he's getting emotional as the episode progresses he's starting to realize you know he wasn't really there that much for his family or like even they say um, his mother hasn't heard from him in five months. And, you know, now Tom starts to regret, again, that keyword regret, that he just wasn't as present. He focused too much on the material world. And so I'll go into this later, how this is, how I thought this was similar to the Leah episode. So um, the Hoda copy is, you know, getting, you know, trying to understand the emotional side, like, things that people can't see, intangible things, or things about Tom, his mannerisms, the way he, the little things that he does when he's, you know, with his family. And so what I think this episode points out that's really good is, as I mentioned before, it's the emotional side. Or I didn't mention this before, but I did mention how human emotion will still exist in the future and how that's what makes us special. Well, similar here, like the emotional side is what makes you a human, not money, not the material world. It's the things that people 
can't see, that people can't buy, that people can't, you know, hold in their hands is those um, those feelings that makes you a human and makes you more valuable to the people in your life versus just the um, focusing so much on money. And I thought this was also played out when he said um, when he first met um, the copycat version of, of himself, he started going over, you know, things that or Tom started going over, you know, financial stuff saying, you know, where all the financial records are and stuff like that. And then the robot goes, yeah, I already know that. And then um, Tom gets a little annoyed because he's like, hey, man, it took me like 15 years to put that together. And then the robot said it all breaks down to a simple logarithm. And I think that's a reminder that all these things that we're working towards and I can say this like I'm in I'm in science. So, you know, I work on a lot of things for a long time. And at the end of the day, those things that we work on are just bricks in the temple they're just something to put out in the world that is important to us as individuals but not i mean nine times out of ten it's not going to be something of tangible value to the people we love the people we love the people or the people who love us they want to see us they want to connect with us so we spend so much time on these things that honestly could probably break down into a simple logarithm something that an, a robot in the future is going to be able to process and calculate faster than we would as humans so at the end of the day the things that we sort of do to make money to um, create stability it's just all so simple and we make it hard for ourselves and we place high value on it by making it hard for ourselves I mean, that's why it probably took him 15 years to put something together is because he placed a high value on it, overcomplicated it, when really he probably could have made it simple and had more time to be with his family. And then another thing that was mentioned by the um, Hoda copy, because so like I was saying, the company that makes these copycats are um, they have a personality score. And so Tom's fear score was a nine. So high, I think it, I'm guessing it goes, um, the highest will be a 10. So Tom has a lot of fear and that's mainly because he's fearful that his family will forget him when he's gone. That the robot will um, basically replace him. And so this goes back to what I was saying before, like, Humans can never be replaced. And for some reason, I feel like this is a fear amongst a lot of people, mainly like probably older generation where they think like robots are really going to replace them. Not only just, you know, in the workplace. I mean, I think that's kind of obvious that we're going that route to some degree. But I mean, like replace people in terms of people are going to prefer to interact with robots versus other people, basically is what I'm trying to say. And the truth is, and what was demonstrated in this, or what was sort of a theme of this episode is like, you will never truly be replaced. The people that love you, they know who you are. They know your mannerisms. They know everything about you or almost everything about you. <laughs> but either way, you will never be replaced because there's small things that you do 
that people remember. For example, he said he gives his daughter, um, when he tucks her in at night, he gives her three kisses. And then, um, I forgot what he said he does with his son, but there's certain things that he did that his kids are gonna remember. And there's something about people's essence, like their aura, like you can't really get rid of that. You know what I mean? So, and then the robot was like, you know, I'm never gonna replace you, but you know, I'll give her two kisses instead of three. You know, he said things like that. So um, it's kind of just validating, like he'll never be replaced. Like there's no need to have fear over it. And so I thought that was a pretty nice episode, you know, after I kind of written it off at first, I came back to it. It actually was a, you know, a good conversation he was basically having with himself. I guess a little therapy session, the little copycat gave him. But, um, yeah, so how, so basically when I look at the um, similarities between the Leah and Tom episode, um, remember I said uh, that these two episodes discuss the transition between grief and regret when it comes to the ending of life. And so Leah basically wanted to delete any regret that she would have in the future. And what's interesting in Tom's case is that he's basically living in regret in this episode, particularly when he comes to the realization that he spent way too much time in the material world or trying to gain um, more stability that way versus spending more time with his family. So another thing in this episode or between these episodes was that Leah was basically living in grief during her during this episode or like, you know, during this transition time when her mother is about to die or going to die. And then Tom in his episode is wanting to delete or remove grief from the family. So he basically wants to control the grieving process and sort of let it um, not have it be as bad. And that's the whole point of him getting the Hoda copy or the copycat version of himself and having that for the family so that the family can cope better with his, you know, him leaving. And it's also like an emotional roller coaster between grief and regret. You're like, I mean, both both of the characters went back and forth like between grief and regret and then ultimately made what appeared to be the right decision. And so yeah, that was um, Leah and Tom's episode. I don't want to make this too long, so we're kind of getting a little bit long here. But basically, that's my review, my interpretation of these episodes. And I'll go, I'll mention these more when I go to the second um, installment of this podcast series of solos because I did think there were some spiritual um, themes that were, that stood out to me that were also present in the Peg and Sasha episode. And so I'll go over this some more later, but thank you for listening and I hope to see you back here soon.